We do not follow man-made fancies or fable, but the word of the living God, he alone has claimed to our hearts and allegiances. Let us heed him as he speaks from his word. Today's lesson, scripture lesson, is from Hebrews 10, um, chapter 10, verses 19 through 25. And if you care to follow along with me, there's some Red Pew Bibles if you do not have your own. Again, Hebrews, which is in the New Testament, chapter 10, verses 19 through 25. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswerving to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. This is the word of the Lord. morning again. Poor Becky on both the scripture readings that she had had to flip the page to finish the passage that she had to read. Well, it is really good to be here. Uh, again, if you don't know who I am, my name is Jordan. I'm the youth director, uh, but I'm glad that we're all here worshiping together. Uh, and actually, I have you for the next three Sundays uh, because Pastor Eric had serious lapses of judgment as he was preparing to write. So, uh, now, uh, self-deprecation aside, uh, I, I am excited um, because it always seems like God knows exactly who to have preaching and when. I thought uh, Bob preaching last week was just a really good message, and um, I'm eager for you to see what God has laid on my heart uh, today and, and in these uh, upcoming weeks. So uh, take a moment, be awkward, and look around the room. Um, those of you close in the front, be sure to look behind you. Okay. I want you to get a good feel for just the people in this room. That's right. You can wave. Brian's got it down. Yeah, that's good. Uh, <clears throat> most of the people in this room are here for the same reason, and that is uh, because we are here uh, because we've been redeemed by Christ. We're here uh, to worship God together. Uh, we've had this experience with Jesus, uh, <clears throat> and so we desire to worship him and, and uh, be around people who have experienced that same thing. Uh, and church is so, like, normal uh, that I think sometimes we forget the general reason that we are here. Uh, but this is no trivial thing. It, it is extraordinary that in this world, especially in this country, I feel like, um, with the busy lives that we lead, that we would voluntarily give up a Sunday morning uh, for no financial gain. There's no benefit. You know, there's no, like, uh, membership card that you get gives you discount places or anything like that. Uh, we're just here because we want to be here because we've, we've had this experience with Jesus. Um, and so uh, I think that that's extraordinary. But uh, 
we don't just gather uh, because we have that same experience. We gather because, well, one, we're called to gather, uh, and because really we're meant to be here together, right? Like, it's not the same thing if you set aside a day of the week that you really worship the Lord, uh, you make time for him, and, uh, you know, <clears throat> you're reading the word, and maybe you listen to a sermon online. Like, it's, it's missing something if you're not at a place, right? Uh, and the point, I, I think a big point of that at least, is uh, just the idea of community. Okay, we are meant to be together as we do these things. And a big part of that community is what we're going to talk about today, which is encouragement. Um, so first, I feel like we should talk about what encouragement is and what it is not. Um, I'm a fairly cynical person. And I feel like I often hear people who are, uh, I often feel like uh, I see people who fall into this trap of uh, saying nice things to other people, but either they're so vague uh, that they end up ringing a little hollow, you know, it's like, oh, good job, you know, that was, uh, that was, a, that was a good job, or, um, you know, it, it's just not, it doesn't have any substance to it. Um, encouragement should not be empty, and it sh- certainly should not be purposeless. Um, there's a goal that we should have in mind when we do these things. So we mean well when we tell someone they did a good job, but I always have, like, two questions when people say something like that. And one, did they actually do a good job? Uh, <laughs> which is, I think, sometimes, uh, again, we're just trying to be nice, so we say, oh, yeah, good job. Uh, <clears throat> and, and two, though, what was done well specifically? Um, Encouragement is not done to make someone feel better, and I think that's often how we think about it. It's not really supposed to necessarily lift someone's spirits up, um, although that is a nice uh, benefit to it. Um, but we encourage people because we want them to reach a certain goal. Okay, you think of like uh, the coach who's you know cheering you on to to run faster or whatever. Uh, you know they want you to get to the finish line faster, right? They want you to win the race. They want you to do well. Uh, you tell someone that, uh, you know, you think that they're uh, doing a great job as a, a mother or a father. Uh, you want them to continue to do a good job uh, as a parent, right? Um, <clears throat> so there's a goal in mind that we, that we should have when we're encouraging someone. Uh, it isn't necessarily just to make someone feel better, but rather we want to carry them to, the, to a finish line. Uh, ultimately, I think the Bible has in mind the idea of giving someone perseverance, um, just look at our passage today. Uh, verses 19 through 22 explain that Jesus, uh, sorry, that through Jesus we are made clean uh, and we have new life because of it. But then read verse 23. Um, <clears throat> I'll just read these really quick for you. Um, hold on. It's underneath all this. All right. So verse 19, it says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Okay, so uh, <clears throat> we get to those verses, um, and then we, uh, we see that through Jesus we are made clean and that we have new life because of it. <clears throat> But then there's something that the writer of Hebrews is getting at when he says that. And he says uh, in verse 23, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, uh, for he who promised is faithful. Uh, and I think that's the key to biblical encouragement right there. Okay, uh, <clears throat> Let us hold fast without wavering. 
Okay, the writer of Hebrews senses that we will likely experience wavering in our faith at some point in our lives. Um, that we will uh, <clears throat> that we will maybe doubt the works of Christ, the goodness of Christ. So he says to hold fast because Jesus is faithful. His promises are true. Uh, what he says is going to happen. Uh, and so what is his practical solution to this problem uh, that we will likely face wavering in our faith at some point? Uh, he says to encourage one another. You look at uh, verses 24 and 25. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. You notice what he's getting at there. <clears throat> it's saying that the way to prevent our wavering is to motivate each other to love and to good works and to encourage one another until Jesus returns. Okay, that's what he's talking about when he says the day. The day of judgment will come. Uh, and so there is an end goal in mind here by this writer. And he tells us that we need to get to the finish line. And that what we need to do that is motivation and encouragement from the community of believers uh, and sisters in Christ, uh, brothers and sisters in Christ. So getting back to the definition of encouragement is not to make people feel good. Uh, again, that's just a, a happy side effect of it. But really, it is to make sure that we are motivating someone to get to that finish line. Okay? Which in this case is the day that Jesus returns. Uh, <clears throat> I remember in high school, uh, I was in track. And I was running, because that's what you do in track. Uh, and I think, I think it was the 200 meter. And I don't know what was going on with my body that day. I just, I didn't have it. Okay, I was just exhausted from the beginning. Like, I had, like, sprinted probably 25 meters. And I was like, oh, boy, we got a lot more to do with this. Uh, <clears throat> and I remember, like, yeah, they were way ahead of me. And I remember coming around for, like, the final 100, you know, which they always... Uh, coaches try to get you to sprint like even harder that last 100 meters uh, and once you just give it all that you've got and I remember my coach he's yelling he's like come on Jordan go he's jumping and everything and I don't know why he was so animated because again they were pretty far in front of me but uh, but he's like you know come on you know he's like he's pushing me on and I'm you know I seriously like I couldn't like feel my legs I was lightheaded and but because he was cheering me on I was just like all right whatever I'll please you you're quite animated so sure why not uh so i just started sprinting and and, and it i had like a, another year somehow to me that i was running even faster uh for that last hundred meters and uh i was running so fast uh no i didn't actually catch them there again <laughs> <laughs> that race was way over all right by that point uh yeah i, I had no chance but there's something about when we encourage people, uh, <clears throat> there is sort of an extra gear that we're kicking them into, hopefully, um, that, you know, we're struggling, we're, you know, we're laboring to get to where we need to get to. But by encouraging one another, we can actually help them sort of be able to take that next step. Um, <clears throat> and so uh, I would encourage you guys to take this seriously because we're all going to go through things. And we all need each other's encouragement to get through. Um, <clears throat> now, another thing to keep in mind is that this is not optional. So when I ask you to do this, really, God is telling you to do this. Uh, it is a command in Scripture uh, to lift up our brothers and sisters. That means that not only is discouragement a sin, uh, <clears throat> but staying in neutral, I think, is probably also considered sinful. 
the sin of omission is very easy to commit. Um, if we look at uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.11, uh, I think we have the clearest exhortation to encourage one another. But the idea is prevalent throughout Scripture, thereby uh, <clears throat> indirectly illustrating to us that it ought to be a marker of the Christian life. Okay? That means to be a Christian, you ought to be known for your encouragement of other people. Um, <clears throat> our ultimate call is to love. And one of the most practical ways to do that is to spur one another on um, <clears throat> in Christ, and we help each other endure life as we pursue righteousness together. And again, that is our goal, to get to the day of judgment, uh, having remained as faithful as possible to Christ, um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, and running hard after him. Uh, perhaps this is why it is commanded. When we look at how God speaks to us, we can see that he frequently is encouraging us to move toward uh, that goal of holiness together. Okay, you look at all the commands in Scripture, and it's usually trying to guide you, right, to be more faithful to him, to, to pursue righteousness with him. Um, <clears throat> God knows that life here on earth is not easy. Uh, I don't have to tell you people here. Uh, many of you have experienced, uh, <clears throat> yeah, just a lot of difficulties in life. And... <clears throat> Uh, we suffer these things, uh, these hardships, and maybe they're just everyday struggles, um, but maybe they're big events that have happened in your life. But regardless, <clears throat> one thing that we can do is we look to Jesus um, in John sixteen thirty three, that famous verse, uh, I have said these things to you, this is Jesus to the disciples, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. What is Jesus doing here in that verse? Okay, he's, he's gathered up his disciples. He's preparing them for what's ahead. He knows that he's not going to be with them much longer. And so really, he is preparing uh, them for what's ahead by giving, giving them this information prior to it happening that they will be a little more prepared to face that when it actually comes. Okay? Uh, <clears throat> And more importantly, that when they go through these things, because he has told them beforehand that they will be able to endure the things that are about to happen, right? Uh, I know I'm like sort of stating the obvious, but I think sometimes we don't articulate these things, and so we don't really really grasp onto what's happening here. But Jesus really is, he's helping them to persevere when he says that, right? I know you're going to have trouble, uh, but take heart, I have overcome these troubles, and so can you, is basically what Jesus is saying. Um, and so he is helping them reach their goal of staying faithful to him and his mission for them. Okay? The disciples were going to have uh, quite the road uh, ahead of them. But this is not the lone instance of God encouraging his people. Uh, he tells the people to encourage Joshua as he was about to take over leadership of Israel. Uh, and there are many passages of God telling his people to not fear. Uh, in fact, do not fear is the most common command given in Scripture. Uh, it appears more frequently than the do not murders or the do not steals. Um, God is helping us endure. Uh, and so even when he says do not fear, he is helping us to endure because he's saying, don't worry. I know you're going through this hard time, but I'm still with you. I can help you get to where you need to get to. Uh, we have that famous passage in Isaiah 40. Uh, he gives power to the faint and to him who has no might. He increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall, fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. 
They will run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. This is God encouraging his people to continue on to the finish line. By the way, in the next chapter, we are told about the futility of idols in Isaiah because he's a prophet, and so, you know, he's declaring judgment on the people. But, uh, but the point is, okay, Isaiah says this, and then he points to idols being an issue, and so there is a connection there, okay? He's saying idols are going to help uh, prevent you, really, from being able to get to this goal that we have in mind. So don't do those, but instead be like this, um, So, yeah, it's very clear that what God is doing is pushing us towards himself, and he helps us endure the challenges that threaten that goal. Um, Okay, so we have, uh, you know, talked about what it is. So godly encouragement spurs one another on to pursuing Christ, his kingdom, and his righteousness. And it's a command. But how do we encourage well? if If we're called to encourage others, if we're called to encourage other brothers and sisters in Christ, How do we do that well? Well, first, I think the most important thing to realize is that encouragement, again, isn't always a warm and fuzzy uh, comment. Um, If our goal as believers is to help each other follow after Christ, then sometimes we will need to encourage our brothers and sisters away from something like sin uh, in order to accomplish that goal. Um, Maybe I'm just not creative, but I don't know how you would say something like, you are so awesome, stop lying. Uh, without them like being able to take you seriously when you say that. Um, but there are times when we need to, to steer people away from certain things. Uh, instead, you might have to have a difficult conversation about uh, their motives for lying and why they felt it was necessary and remind them of how it grieves God. Hey, these are not fun conversations, but they are encouraging, if done in love, of course. Because um, we want them to die to sin and to remain faithful in Christ. Um, and so usually, uh, <clears throat> usually encouragement is positive, but sometimes we have that difficult challenge of having to gently steer people a different direction, or at least it should. But uh, <clears throat> some of you may struggle with this, uh, <clears throat> this idea of uh, <laughs> some of us are just very critical by nature. Uh, I tend to be this way, uh, at least about certain things, I'd say. Um, And so there are a lot of well-meaning people who are just plain critical, and they don't even necessarily realize it when they do it. Um, But, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, I I struggle with this quite a bit. I don't always realize that I'm doing it. Um, But, you know, we go to talk to someone to to steer them away from something, uh, you know, usually a very serious issue, like maybe how to load the dishwasher, right? Because this is very important. These are... These are eternal matters that we're, that we're discussing. Uh, <clears throat> all right, so I, I have a question for you guys. Okay. How many of you, when you load your utensils into the dishwasher, how many of you have them with the utilized size, uh, side up? Yeah. yeah, all of you are wrong, okay? <laughs> all of you are wrong. Uh, it doesn't make any sense to me. Why would you do it, though? Wait. When you go to get it out, you're just going to, like, stab yourself as you're trying to get it and put it away, okay, because you got all the jagged edges up on top, okay? If you put them upside down, you can just go in, pick it up. Look at that. you got all your utensils right there. You can just go put them away, right? Makes so much more sense. Uh, some of us uh, get critical about things like this, and so we go, I think, in a well-meaning way to say, why don't you do it this way? When in reality, it's just a preference, okay? It doesn't actually matter. 
and we have to ask ourselves when we go to uh, correct someone, you know, is, is there a real purpose in doing that? Is, is it really helping anything? Um, I think uh, they can cause discouragement, uh, certainly arguments in our household uh, from time to time. Uh, <laughs> Actually, I don't think it's my wife. I actually think it's my mother-in-law who I've gotten into arguments about this with. Uh, <clears throat> same people who clean their dishes before they put it in the machine that cleans their dishes. What is up with that? Also, science, by the way, backs me up because there was an article that came out that said the dirtier uh, your dishes are, the more clean they will get in a dishwasher because they utilize the dirt on it. But I'm just saying, all right? <clears throat> But, but when we go before people and we criticize them like this, we, we tend to uh, cause discouragement. And discouragement is not going to help them get to the finish line. It's going to cause them to pause uh, or even worse, sometimes start back, backpedaling. Um, we don't want that. So I think for those of us who tend to be critical in nature, we have to get in the habit of asking ourselves. We have to screen ourselves, okay? Um, we have to ask, you know, <clears throat> is what I'm about to say going to help this person pursue Christ with renewed vigor? Does it matter if I correct this person? Should I be the one correcting this person? Because that's another issue. Sometimes it is really none of your business. Like you need to just uh, leave that for someone else. Um, or also, like if you're not friends with a person, um, you know, that can just go very badly. <clears throat> if they receive it well, Will it be significant to them? So maybe they're like, oh, thank you so much for bringing, out, uh, bringing this up. Uh, sure, now I will put my utensils in the right way. Uh, but like, does that really matter? You know, like, is that the, the best gain that you're going to get from that conversation? Um, <clears throat> and on the flip side of that, if they don't receive it well, what is the worst thing that might happen here? Um, sometimes we need to know what are the... What are the possible consequences of what we're about to say? Um, we need to try and ask ourselves uh, those questions to really determine uh, if it's worth challenging someone uh, or, you know, before imparting wisdom, uh, which, which is the helpful way to be critical, I think, uh, at least the way to think about it. <clears throat> um, yeah. All right. So sometimes we need to encourage in less positive ways. Uh, but we need to check ourselves. But we also want to be sure to encourage specifically, which we've already kind of alluded to. Um, but be specific in your encouragement. And uh, I would say try to give God the glory for it. Um, <clears throat> we are all better served, I think, when we say, uh, when we end up praising God as the ultimate reason um, for that person's uh, awesomeness, right, that we're encouraging. Um, for example, we could say something like, man, I think it is so cool how God blessed you with that sense of creativity. Uh, your ability to throw something together from seemingly nothing is just incredible. Um, this gives credit to God while also encouraging the person um, and also helps them keep their focus on God, right? Oh, yeah, God give, gave me this gift. I should use this for God. Um, we always want to be trying to spur one another on towards those sorts of things. Uh, we can also encourage more naturally through our spiritual gifts. Um, think for just a moment on what, on what God has gifted you with. Okay? God has, has given you uh, certain talents and abilities, uh, ways with words or whatever. Um, 
And so think a moment on those. Now, how is it that you could use that gift to help someone pursue Christ more fully? Think of your spiritual gift. What is it that you could do to help someone pursue Christ more fully? Um, <clears throat> how could you use that gift to re-energize someone's spirit? And there's so many weary people, people who have been going to church forever, uh, and life just has them in a certain place that it just seems like, why am I still doing this? What can your gift do to help re-energize that person? Something simple as, hey, you know, I've had, I know you've had a rough week. Uh, you know, let me take you to dinner, or let me, uh, let me do this thing for you. Some of you have that gift of you just naturally want to help people out. You want to do something for people. So use it. Uh, Some of you uh, are maybe more verbal. Um, You know, you just have a way with words that you uh, can really lift someone's spirit up. And so you'll go and you'll uh, share with them. But there's also, I think it's important to remember that encouragement is not always going to be verbal. I think that's the most common uh, expression of it. but it doesn't have to be verbal. And so some of you, like me, are afflicted, uh, you know, with this inability to articulate well. Uh, And so I think sometimes that will make you shy away from going up to someone and saying, hey, you know, I think you're great. Uh, I think it's awesome that God has created you this way, uh, and I think it's great what God is using you for. Um, So instead of trying to speak with them, you know, we're just like, well, I don't know. I'm not, you know, I don't know what I would say or whatever. Um, that doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't have to be verbal. Uh, all of our spiritual gifts can, can serve people in different ways. Um, and so, yeah, some of you are extremely gifted with words. So you go talk to people and be, you know, say awesome things to them. Uh, but for those of you like me who are not, um, I think, yeah, it doesn't have to prevent you from being known as an encouraging brother or sister in Christ. Your presence can be the most meaningful thing uh, that someone experiences from you. Uh, We've probably all lost someone or uh, lost a job or whatever. You know, we've gone through some extremely difficult time. uh, But we had someone who was just there, you know. Um, You didn't necessarily ask them to do anything for you. You didn't necessarily need anything from them. uh, But they were there and... uh, you know, it wasn't necessarily anything that they even said to you. Um, but they were just hanging around, and that gave you encouragement. That, that allowed you to get to the finish line um, or get through that period of time. Um, yeah, I didn't have time to fully think this through. Uh, but as I was sort of studying this, uh, <clears throat> I started to kind of think through that maybe our spiritual gifts were given to us primarily to encourage one another. Um, I don't know, again, if I for sure would say yes or no to that, but I do think that there's at least uh, quite a bit of truth in that thinking, that our spiritual gifts really were, uh, maybe not primarily, but certainly a big part of it is to be used to encourage the body here, Uh, really meant to help us, okay, uh, to sharpen each other. This proverb says, iron sharpens iron. Um, <clears throat> so your gifts, uh, regardless of, of what they are, um, are meant to serve your community so that they would pursue Christ and his kingdom uh, and that we can do those things together. Uh, some of us, some weeks, you know, we're feeling really great uh, about where we are with God. In other weeks, you know, we're not. And uh, when we're feeling really great, that's a great time to lift someone else up. 
Uh, and then when we have a really strong community going, uh, when we're feeling low, ideally we have the community here that's able to lift you up uh, during your low time. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I will also just throw in here really quick. Uh, I didn't have it written down, but <clears throat> just because Pastor Eric is not here, um, and I know that he wouldn't like, I don't know, it's always weird to like bring a spotlight on someone, but uh, ministry is especially difficult. Uh, and as a senior pastor, uh, I think that there are lots of low times, unfortunately. Like uh, there's, I don't know, it's different. I think every, every job has like discouragement and uh, it can be a struggle to get through. Um, but ministry, like when you look at the statistics, um, there are a lot of people who burn out in ministry. Like, actually, the average youth worker is 18 months before they call it quits. Um, yeah, that's pretty crazy. But for senior pastors, you'll have people doing this for 20 years and then suddenly just say, I'm done. Um, and they, they give it their all, and they've, they've served a community for so many years. Um, and, yeah, it just doesn't... They just don't feel the support that they need. So I would just say, while Pastor Eric is not here... Um, think about that, okay? And be thinking, how is it that I can encourage uh, our brother Eric uh, in Christ to make sure uh, that he can get through uh, just the everyday struggles of life? You know, what can I be doing to help him pursue Christ more fully? Because um, I know, and I also want to preface, I've never had a conversation with Pastor Eric about any of this, so like, it's not like, you know, I know he's saying, oh man, I'm feeling really low. So there's nothing like that, but I just know, uh, based on the statistics, based on talking with all my friends who work in a church, I know that sometimes being a pastor can be a very lonely road. And so I would just encourage you guys to really, um, you know, lift him up. Um, I love this community. I really do. I'm really uh, just honored to be a part of it. And... Uh, I would love to see this community really take this challenge from God seriously and try to live it out. Uh, my wife, Diana, has an uncle named Doug, Uncle Doug. And <laughs> he is like just a very godly, very encouraging person. Uh, it's weird. Like you'll spend five minutes with this guy and there's just something about being around him um, that just sort of lifts you up. Um, being around him makes you want to pursue God more fully. And I think, well, really, I want, I want you guys to think for just a second, okay, what would, it, what would it happen if everyone here in this congregation uh, was someone like that, okay, that, that when you're around them, that you just feel lifted up. Everyone felt spiritually renewed, uh, man, that would be awesome. Like, if this whole church was known for that, uh, we can have that uh, if we're willing to commit to it. And so I would just challenge you guys to really take that seriously and to think about the practical ways in which you can be that person. Um, again, you don't have to be good with words. You don't have to be uh, this awesome person. Um, and also, we're called to do it. So, you know, take that uh, into consideration. We need to be doing this um, because life can be so difficult. Let's pray.
Dear Lord, I just thank you so much for today. I thank you for this community here. Uh, I just pray for uh, <clears throat> I just pray for all of us, Lord, as we seek to encourage one another, uh, as we seek to motivate each other to finish well for you. Uh, as the Apostle Paul says, that uh, this is a race uh, that we're running for, and you are the prize. Uh, I just ask that uh, that you give us the spiritual strength uh, to endure life's challenges. Um, but also, Lord, give us the spiritual strength to lift others up. You call on us to bear one another's burdens. Help us to do that in a way uh, that just spiritually re-energizes the people here. Be with us this week. Help us to think about this and to put uh, put it into practice. Lord, there are uh, so many people that we can encourage, um, and I just ask that you would make it clear, maybe who uh, one or two people are uh, that we really could go out of our way and make sure that we lift them up in your name. Pray all these things. Amen.